Welcome to The Penny Drops, the Royal London podcast series simplifying finance to help more people, like you, make better informed money decisions. Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London. Hello, I'm Andrea Fox, journalist and broadcaster, and on this podcast I speak to some of the best financial experts out there. Now, this podcast was recorded during the coronavirus outbreak, so please do excuse any sound issues as we are recording remotely. For the latest information on financial support and benefits, visit gov.uk forward slash coronavirus. My guest today is Marilyn Baldwin, OBE. Marilyn spent five years trying to help her elderly mother, Jessica, who was a victim of numerous scams. Shortly after her mother died in 2007, Marilyn started the Think Jessica campaign, aimed at protecting elderly and vulnerable people from scams. She wanted to educate people about the powerful psychology that these criminals use to trap their targets and how strong it is, in fact enough to turn them against their loved ones and those trying to help them. Think Jessica became a registered charity and was supported by agencies, organisations and police forces nationwide. Since 2020, Think Jessica is no longer a charity as Marilyn is focusing as a sole trader for Think Jessica publications, working to spread the word about scams and financial fraud. Marilyn, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. Let's start off then by defining what financial fraud is, because it comes in lots of different forms, doesn't it? Yes, that's right, it does. But in a nutshell, financial fraud is the theft of money by deception. And this theft can take place by letter, phone call, online or even face to face. Financial fraud's a massive problem in the UK and the criminals behind these scams are often referred to as scammers. Hmm. Yeah, I think we'll all have heard that word, won't we? Now, you set up the Think Jessica campaign after your mother sadly passed away. So tell us exactly her story. How was she affected by scams of financial fraud? Yeah, well, when my mum, Jessica, was in her late 70s, um, she started suffering from age-related malconfusion and memory loss. The family didn't see it as a problem. She was independent, she was sociable, and basically she was just managing fine. But all that changed when she received what appeared to be a very exciting letter. Mm. And that letter told her she'd won a competition. It came from abroad. And all she had to do to claim a prize was send off a small fee. My mum did this. And, uh, of course, when the family found out what she'd done, we tried to tell her it was nothing more than a, a worthless piece of paper designed to make a part with the cash. But uh, she wouldn't listen. She was hooked. Mm. Um, I thought... When the prize didn't arrive, I thought that would be the end of it. But yeah. unbeknown to us, the criminals behind that letter had put mum's name on what they call a suckers list and they'd circulated it to other criminals all over the world. So before long, she was receiving around 30 letters a day. Gosh. They were coming from New York, from Hong Kong, from Singapore, literally everywhere. My mum was being hounded by um, organised criminal gangs. Um, some told her she'd won more prizes and she had to send fees. Others told her that um, her money was being held in a holding company um, or that she'd got to pay solicitors' fees or she'd got to pay banks to release the money. Um, there, there was just no end to um, the reasons they were giving her as why she had to keep paying out. Yeah. Um, but then worse than that, the clairvoyants jumped on the bandwagon and they told her the family were against her they told her that um, they were the only ones that were worried about her welfare. Oh. And uh, literally, they turned her against the family. 
um, uh, me and my mum started arguing. We had, we'd always had a really, really close relationship, but it put a wedge between us because she just wouldn't believe me. She believed the criminals. Mm. And I think even though she wanted the money, she was a very generous person. She wanted to help family and friends and she wanted to help the homeless people in Derby. Uh, I think at times I thought she was more determined to um, to prove the doubters wrong because that's what the clairvoyants had told her, that one day you'll be able to prove the doubters wrong. And, and that's what she was sort of grasping onto. Um, they told her her look energy was low and that they had to perform rituals and light candles at Lord's and or just so many things. And, and mum was just brainwashed. She wasn't doing it willingly. She'd been, the psychology the criminals were using was so powerful. She was literally trapped in a delusional world and it had become her reality. She just yeah. couldn't focus her mind on anything else. And after all that length of time, I think you can see how that would happen to any of us. And um, I wanted to ask your advice, obviously with all of the knowledge that you have from battling scammers with your Think Jessica campaign, when it comes to postal scams, what are the warning signs we should look out for? Well, at the time, my mum was being targeted, obviously large amounts of post, mm. but uh, that isn't the case now. Um, mm. uh, since I started the campaign and since I've sort of banged the drum for so many years and um, <laughs> things have changed but this mail is still coming through and a lot of it is disguised the envelopes might even look um, they might have a UK stamp and look like uh, a utility bill so I think if you're worried about um, older relatives being targeted first of all explain to them this is actually happening mm -hmm. but also Look out for, um, there were signs with my mum. She wasn't eating yeah. properly. She became mm. secretive. She um, she sort of didn't care too much about herself. Before, she'd always been, um, oh, always, a, a, you know, immaculate. I mean, she was, still was, don't get me wrong, but she there were signs and she got more confused mm. and she got more um, agitated when... Uh, when she was waiting for the post, if the post didn't arrive. So there are little signs out there. Yeah. And obviously the scammers in the end were targeting your mum over the phone as well. How are things different when it comes to phone or even online scams? What are the warning signs we should look out for here? Well, phone scams um, are often either very friendly. You've got somebody ringing. You remember a lot of these scammers are working from abroad, so they may have an yeah. accent. Uh, they may not, but they're, they're very friendly and they are trying to um, glean harvest information from you without you realising that you're actually giving them anything. Mm. So, you know, they might start if you had a nice day and then ask you maybe what utility uh, services you use or who you bank with. They, they ask, but it actually comes across in such a friendly way that they want the the person on the other end of the phone to think that they're, offering them some service, you know, that if they give all this information, it's to their benefit, but actually it's not. It's for the benefit of the scammers. They're going to use it in some way against you later on. Some of the phone scams are uh, quite alarming, that you might be told that um, you owe a fine mm. or HMRC are going to arrest you if you don't pay a, a, an outstanding document or whatever. I've had that one, yeah. Have I've you, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you see, and they, it's that 
way that they want to shut your normal thought process down, make you act quickly. Yeah. So when you set up Think Jessica, what was your aim? Because you've achieved so much with it. I desperately tried to find help for my mum while she was alive. But uh, there was no, there was absolutely no professional help around. I mean, I've lost count of how many times I was advised to redirect a post and change the phone number. But obviously that wasn't an option as I couldn't do either without mum's permission. Mm. So after she died, um, I just thought, well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. Mum's postman had already told me that uh, there was other victims um, on his round that were receiving wow. the same amount of mail. I mean, by this time, Mum was getting around 30 scam letters a day. And um, I started asking other postal workers and they were telling me that um, some pensioners getting up to 100 scam letters a day. And this was later confirmed at the Office of Fair Trading that it was right, but uh, they were trying to put out a forest fire, really, with a, a cup of water. Mm. So I thought, I've got to do something. I can't let this keep happening. Mm. So that's when I took Mum's uh, story to the local paper and immediately after that, other newspapers and magazines wanted to run the story. And, of course, I was more than happy for them to pick my brains and write articles because I wanted to unearth more victims. Is that what happened then? Did people start coming forward once they heard the story of your mum, Jessica? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the uh, local and national TV booked me to do interviews and um, literally the floodgates opened. Wow. It was um, these silent victims finally had a voice. They were all coming through Think Jessica. Um, and, you know, because there were thousands of victims that um, were out there that were socially isolated and only the postman knew that they were victims. Mm. So they were literally struggling on their own totally. Mm. Yeah, and, and and it's so sad and it's, and it's so difficult, all of that advice that you were given just, you know, divert the phone or um, cut her post off. That's not... You can't do that with someone who is of sound mind, who, but at the same time doesn't see that they're being scammed. Because who do, who does want to admit to that? Well, it it wasn't the fact that she didn't want to admit to it. It was the fact that she'd been brainwashed. This psychology mm. that these criminals use is very powerful. So when she'd got people, um, scammers, telling her that um, uh, she'd won all this money, they'd even invited her to Australia. She bought a dress to wear for the world party. Um, it was all, uh, they didn't skimp on the, on, the, on the paperwork. It was all embossed. It had letterheads with um, grand buildings on and pictures of men in suits. It, it was a very strong psychology, very powerful psychology that they used. And then, of course, like I said, to, uh, joining in on that was the clairvoyants who were telling her the reason she wasn't getting this money was because um, her look energy was low. Mm. And they were working to... Um, literally to lift her look energy and uh, and said that uh, they promised that they'd get it once she'd sent some fees for them to do that. Talk us through then some of these common sort of tricks that the scammers use. Is it that sort of professional letterhead paper? Is that um, and sort of the psychological tricks that you mention? What it is, is they they home in on vulnerable people. They Their preferred targets are older. They home in on vulnerable people at a time when they're probably too weak or too trusting to defend themselves. And then they they invent all these different characters that blend together and make the and make the, the scam look genuine. 
you know, so like I say, off the back of the um, the the lottery scams, she'd got other scammers writing to tell her that it was being the money was being held in um, a holding company, and she had to send money to them to release it. But then on the back of that, a solicitor would say, "Well, yes, they could release it, but they needed." Um, uh, administration fees mm. she's got to pay for the paperwork so you can see how all this knits together and forms this delusional world and um and that's exactly what had, had happened to my mum but like i say it wasn't just my mum there were thousands and thousands of these people out there all these other jessicas all desperate to find um you know to find find a way out for their families I'm looking at some stats here as well. Um, Age UK say that people who fall victim to fraud in their own homes are two and a half times more likely to either die or go into residential care within a year. Obviously, you've told us a very sad story of your mother, Marilyn. Do you think it impacted her health towards the end? Definitely. I mean, my mother would have had a lot more contented life. She had five years of being hounded Mm. by organised criminal gangs. And um, yeah, she would have uh, she would have lived longer. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, on a death certificate, it did say the cause of death was pneumonia, but um, it didn't mention that she had thirty thousand scam letters delivered, or that she was constantly being telephoned by criminals from all over the world. So, Gosh. yeah, without That's... a shadow of a doubt, it definitely um, contributed to her death. Yeah, because imagine that stress and that mental anguish um you talk about the postal fraud uh towards your mum obviously then that turned to phone calls the average age of victims uh, is apparently purported to be 75 when it comes to postal fraud obviously you've been through this how do you think we can better protect ourselves from falling victim to these very very smart scammers and especially our older loved ones as well well um what i've learned over the the, the years that I've been sort of dealing not just with my mum but with hundreds of other victims that are like her is that definitely the best way forward is education. We need to get to these people before the scammers. We mm. need to educate them. We need to um, show them how the scams work, but in a simple way, not in a complicated way, not not using jargon that only experts in the field would understand, but, you know, in a simple way... Um, and get them to realise and recognise what scams are so mm. that when and if they are targeted, um, they know how to deal with them. And I think that was where uh, there was a, a massive, massive gap because these scams were just silent. They were happening and they were happening to hundreds of thousands of people, but uh, nobody knew. So that's why one of my campaigns was actually called Silence of the Scams. And uh, really? that was a massive campaign that uh, we did a um, a tour with the Met Police and uh, went around the country. Even with school children, they made a, a sculpture out of scam mail. And wow. um, we took that round. We ended up taking it on to Crime Watch. So, yeah, education is key to protection without any doubt. That's what we should be focusing on now. Yeah, and when you say, like, the, the silence of the scammers, was it because they tend to... And you see this in the film that you made, which we'll get onto in a little moment, but they tend to sort of isolate their victims, don't they? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, they um, 
they want to befriend them and they want the victim to think that they are uh, the only ones that are looking out for them. I was just wondering, because obviously you've been through this with your mum and she she so wanted to believe and she wanted to help all these people with the money that was definitely coming. If If you... If someone is listening right now and they have someone who they think is being targeted by a scammer but they are resisting help, what sort of advice would you give to talk to that person and get them to see that it is just a scam? I think my advice would be log on to the Think Jessica website, mm-hmm. um, look at the information that's on there. We outline um, various common scams, lots of scams, and also to read mum's story because um, victims that are going through the same sort of thing as my mum, actually believe that they're special, that it's just them, and mm. they're you know they're the ones that are, are, um, are the VIPs. But by reading mum's story, it makes them realise that you know, hey, actually, I'm mirroring Jessica's behaviour, and um, I'm not actually lucky. I'm I'm a victim, and uh, we know through documentaries that it's been featured on um, that people who have actually been targeted for years and, and just will not believe and understand that they are victims have actually seen the light once they've um, heard about my mum. Yeah. When it comes to sort of general tips for all of us, because it's not just the elderly who get scammed and it's not just postal scams, um, it could be anything online, over the phone. What are the sort of ways we can stay protected? Is it to never act quickly, would you say? A brilliant campaign called Take Five. Again, I keep mentioning okay. the website, but the link's on the website. And um, this is sort of telling people that when you do get something, it's like pressing on a link on an email or mm. getting a phone call, don't act straight away. Take five, exactly what you know the campaign says. So I think um, that is the thing. And take advice. Mm. Don't don't be bullied. And a lot of scammers will actually bully people into um, acting quick. Mm. It's they can, especially older people. They can sound very professional. They can even um, pretend they're police officers and, you know, they want them to help with a crime. And and somebody like my mum, she wouldn't have, uh, you know, anybody in authority, she'd do what she was told. She, yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't say, hang on a minute, I'm going to check you out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a big problem. Yeah. And let's get on to your mum's story which you've put into a film I think Jessica's film an educational docudrama with all the realities of financial scams in there it's obviously based on your mum's story other true stories that you've heard about Um, but when your mum was actually being targeted from around 2002 to around 2007 as is said in the film postal fraud wasn't taken seriously and being recorded so have you managed to change this has this changed for the better now certainly has uh, things have changed uh you know looking back from when i was struggling with my mum and, and nobody wanted to listen now there's charities organizations uh, the royal mail have um, a page on their website where you can report mm. postal fraud um trading standards are doing an amazing job the national trading standards scams team are working with the royal mail to intercept and disrupt scam mail uh, it's yeah Things have really, really changed. And uh, we've talked a lot about postal fraud, but the COVID-19 pandemic has given scammers just a new opportunity to find ways to prey on vulnerable people and not just vulnerable people. You know, it could happen to any of us, couldn't it? So I wondered if you had any sort of general tips for people listening for how to stay protected from this kind of financial fraud. 
Well, the COVID scams um, have hit us at a time, obviously, when everybody's vulnerable to some mm. degree. We're all wanting um, hand sanitizers. We're all wanting masks. We're all anxious to know whether we need to get a test or or whether we need to go for an injection. So they've homed in on that aspect. And what they're doing is um, basically selling goods and um, offering services that either don't work or don't exist. Mm. Um, and sending out emails that are telling people that they've got to pay to have a test or pay to have an injection. Yeah, And I think just the fact now that this has been brought to the forefront because we know that it's millions of pounds that these types of scams are netting we've got to be very very vigilant especially when it comes to anything to do with COVID-19 you know with this problem we've just got to be so vigilant and not take anything on face value. Yeah so we've touched on you know some of the ways that we need to all just be a little bit more distrusting in a way of those messages to keep ourselves safe some of the things that you can help if there's someone in your life who you think is being scammed but um is there is there any where that people go any first steps that people can take if they think that they or a loved one is being scammed should they go to the police should they go to think jessica what would you recommend right well if you think you've been scammed contact your bank straight away go to the bank then remake a report to action fraud Um, Don't be embarrassed. There's people out there who are solicitors, um, police officers, headmistresses, doctors, nurses that are in the same position. You know, there's a a scam for everybody, basically, if you hit at the right time. So um, don't be embarrassed. Report to Action Fraud. They really do need to collate this information so that they can start to to target the scammers behind it Mm. or at least know it's happening so they can put warnings out. So. Um, yeah, that's the very first things that you should do. But uh, a lot of people don't. Um, I think the stats really? show that only one in five people make a report. It's not a lot. Wow. Yeah, because they're so embarrassed. And I'll tell you, the biggest embarrassment I think people don't report is dating fraud. And that's mm. rife at the moment, especially with people being on their own and you know perhaps looking for company, um, doing it online. And the, the dating scams um, are are really sort of at a peak at the moment. And like you say, just all of us being slightly less embarrassed, coming forward and reporting this, you're not alone. And like you say, it will help, hopefully, these scams get more publicised and mean that people are less likely to fall for them, right? Yes, that's it. It's, it's all about really um, getting all these different types of scams, or as many as we can, out in the open. Mm. And and then we'll recognise them. We won't recognise them if we don't know they're happening. Yeah. And and for a long, long time, that was what was happening with the uh, with the coronavirus scams. You know, they people just didn't know they were happening, so they were falling for them. But now we've got it out there, and hopefully it'll get out there more. And I think the government needs to do more. You know, to to get that message out. I think we'll see that the uh, the numbers all um, decrease. I wanted to talk about some of your own personal achievements because in 2013 you were voted Lorraine's Inspirational Woman of the Year on ITV. Congratulations for that. Obviously, as we mentioned at the start, 2014 is when you picked up your OBE for all the voluntary work with the Met Police that you've discussed with us today. I wonder what are you thinking the future is when it comes to Think Jessica? What are you hoping to work on as you move forward? Well, I've recently written a book, Don't Fall for a Scam, 
and it's a it delivers a serious message but it's a very light-hearted book um i didn't want it to be heavy i want it to to look appealing on the cover and, and the graphics and the and the the um illustrations inside so uh that's already out there but i've also reproduced it as a booklet and that booklet is um being distributed by police and trading standards and other organizations and that's something that i want to continue doing and obviously um update and keep it keep it current with the scams that's in it so mm. um as well as I'm writing a script for a play for um, dating scams. Again, it's got a bit of a comedy in it, but it's a bit dark at times as well. But I think it's a good way of getting the message over. Yeah. Um, so I'd love that to be made into a mini drama or a film, but I need a, a stroke of luck for that because it's <laughs> I need a big budget. But that is, yeah, something that I would like to do. Before the end of our time together today, I just wanted to ask anyone listening today, there's the top takeaways that you want them to remember from everything that you've shared with us today. What would those be, Marilyn? We can fight back on postal fraud. That's an easy one because we can register with the mail preference service. That'll stop unsolicited mail. It won't stop mail that's actually addressed to you by name, but it'll reduce the amount of mail. And I think the top tip there is never send money or buy goods to release a prize. Just remember that a real lottery raffle or prize draw would never ask the winner for cash. So that's your top tip for postal fraud. Um, for phone fraud, get a call blocker. That way okay. you can screen calls as they come in. You can block calls you don't want. Um, there's a setting on there that you can just have calls that you've actually put in there yourself, the numbers you've actually put in yourself. So yeah, definitely for fighting back on phone fraud, get a call blocker. Uh, doorstep crime, again, get a no cold calling sign in your window, um, have a door chain or bar fit at your door and never ever open the door to anybody you don't know or, or aren't expecting. Um, even if it's somebody claiming to be a utility provider or from the water board, always check, shut the door, go and check. Ring a number you've sourced yourself and check that that person is legitimate. Finally, for online fraud, go onto the Think Jessica website, visit the National Cyber Security Centre, the link's on there, and just educate yourself. Have a look, see how you can strengthen your passwords and see how you can make yourself and your computer safer. Yeah. That's some amazing tips there, Marilyn. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for everything you shared with us today on the podcast. We do always ask our guests, though, um, something a little bit lighthearted to finish the episode on. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self a little bit, a bit of advice, uh, what would that be, thinking back to you at 18 years old? A favourite quote of mine, and yeah, I think I'd say this. Always remember that life's like a taxi. Even when you stand still, the meter's still running. So... Keep moving. Marilyn, that's a good one. That's a good little bit of advice. I like that. Oh, Marilyn Baldwin, thank you so much for joining me on The Penny Drops. And thank you for having me. Now, Marilyn's mentioned lots of useful resources and websites during this chat. We will link to all of those in the show notes wherever you are listening to this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Penny Drops. We hope you learned something new and useful to help you with your finances. We'd love to hear what you think of the series, so please do leave us a review. Or if you have any comments or money questions you'd like us to cover, you can get in touch at thepennydrops at royallondon.com. 
This podcast series is brought to you by Royal London, the UK's largest mutual life pensions and investment company. Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London.